It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, TGIF. Welcome to week number 222 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven, that over there is Travis. Good morning, Steve. How's it going? It's going. It's going. Going. It's about the best I got for you, too. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the show. We're going to be talking about some episodes of TGIF that aired 30 years ago. But before we do that, thank you, Kylie, for the theme song this week. Thank you, Kylie. That was very kind of you. We appreciate it. TGIFcast.com. Oh, at TGIFcast <laughs> at gmail.com. That is our email address. If you want to send in your own version of the song... We will play it on the show. Also, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast for all the updates because let me tell you, these next couple weeks could be changing a lot and uh, that's probably the place to find out about it. That's true. We have no idea what we're doing over the next couple weeks. No idea. We have ideas, but no idea ideas. which idea might actually happen. Correct. All so. these are true. That's all we can say right now. Um, we also like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, back when these episodes would have aired in 1993. Now, what week was that in 93? Or what was the it's actual been day? Friday night, December 17th, 1993. So I've got just a couple stories. They both happened on the same day in 93, okay. December the 16th. All right. We will start, I think we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, but this is the official broadcast debut, December 16th, Nirvana's MTV Unplugged debuted, Oof. and man, maybe the best Unplugged there ever was. I mean, that album is one of my, if not my favorite album of all time. It's so good. Go back. It is so good. Watch and listen to it if you can, because the video adds to it as well. But uh, yeah, December 16th, 1993, that came out on MTV. And then also, the same day, Beverly Hills 90210, they fired Shannon Doherty. Cool. I, I don't, I don't, I never really watched 90210, so I don't know anything about why or if that, I don't know. So the rumor was that there was just backstage tension going on. That's why they fired her. But okay. in like more recent interviews, she says the reason they fired her is because she cut her hair short and didn't tell anyone, and they fired her. Well, well, I mean, she's been doing the reunions lately, so she can't have that much. There can't be that much animosity. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's what I got for uh for news this week. What about movies and music? What was number one? Yeah, yeah, all new, all new. So for um movie, we'll start there. We've got a sequel. It is the sequel to Wayne's World. Wayne's World oh. Two. Not Excellent. as good as the Party original, time. in my opinion. I mean, different. I wouldn't say I. I. I don't mind it, but um. Yeah, this is I the mean, one where they yeah, try Wayne, to like make their own Woodstock or whatever. Yeah, Wayne. Uh, Wayne Stock. Huh? Yep, yep. Not very good. That's that's the one. That, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Uh, and then for song, we have a new song. She is back, Miss Janet Jackson. Oh. Uh, with again. Um, I don't know if you remember again. It's a great song. It's like kind of a slow ballad. Uh, it's on one of her, you know, on her album, um, Janet, self-titled album, Janet. 
Uh, but it was also, I guess, kind of in more relation to what we've talked about in the past. It was also the kind of closing credit song for Poetic Justice, which was the number one song during the summer. So it's made it to number one. Uh, any birthdays this week? We do. We have two birthdays this week. Let me get my calendar up. Uh, Sunday, December 10th, Ms. Raven Simone. Happy birthday, Raven. Mm, birthday, That's little, so Raven. little Nikki. Little Nikki. And uh, another one. For the child actor, uh, Ben, Mr. Ryder Strong, Monday, December 11th. We met him, didn't we? We did. We did. He was there at uh, GalaxyCon. Come on the show, Got Ryder. Our... Come on, man. Do it. That that cat pod meets world is, you go nowhere with that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get a, come on to a real podcast. <sighs> Anything else? Are we ready uh, for these episodes? Uh, yeah, we're ready. Let's do it. We're starting off at 8 o'clock. It's Family Matters time. You know that. It's season 5, episode 12. Scenes from a mall is the name of this episode. It starts off, and what do you know? We're in a mall. Announcement, announcement comes over the speaker. Attention shoppers. Steve Urkel is entering <laughs> the mall. There's panic. Everyone is running. They are closing down the stores. They are hiding. They want nothing to do with the Irk man. He comes in. Like full on like like pulling down bars, those cages in front of the doors. And stuff. Yeah, man. And Steve comes in. He's like, man, this mall has the weirdest hours. Every time I come in, it's closed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's your intro. Theme the song. set, though. The set. They spent some money on the set. Do you think they built this, or is this an actual mall? I think that they. I think this is a, um, a set somewhere. I yeah. mean, I, th- I think this is probably like you know on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. Like, hey, this is our mall set or something. Yeah, it's cool. Um, brings back those uh, '90s mall memories. Yeah, a mall was great. Theme song. We come back. We're now in the living room. Carl comes in, turns on the TV, turns on MTV more specifically. Watching, he's like, "What do kids like this stuff for?" And you know what? He gets into it. He starts dancing right there in the middle of the living room. Harriet comes in, smiles, joins dancing Carl, and uh, they dance throughout that whole song. It's cute. It's cute. cute. They love each other. Song ends. They laugh. They hug together, and then uh, we find out also that Harriet has a job interview coming up. I liked Carl's line here. He's like, well, hopefully it's better than that last job you had of uh, proofreading M&Ms. <laughs> what a meanie. I think he's, I think, the, well, here's why I like that line. It's because he says it with a sin- like a sincerity, like that was legitimately a job she had. And she kind of gives this like eye roll look like, yeah, that job sucked. Like, I feel like they were making that like kind of common joke, but it, in a way that made it seem like she actually had a job proofreading M&Ms at some point in the last couple months. Uh, she also gives some important information to Carl that since she's going out, all the kids are going to be at the mall. He's got to babysit Richie. So that's that's his job. That's what he's doing today. Sorry, Carl. Um, Sorry, bud. I think Harriet might leave at this point, and then Richie she does. Richie comes in with uh, a new friend, Little G. Little G. What's up, Little G? Little G has joined the cast. We'll find out how long. Um can't imagine it's that long but uh few episodes few, few episodes. episodes um little g's got to pay some money over to richie because he has lost a bet there was a bet going on apparently that we didn't see but 
Richie told Little G that his dad looks just like the dad on Fresh Prince, and Little G agrees and gives Richie's money. Pays up. Give me your money. Uh, then we go back to the mall. A um, couple things are going on here. Laura and Maxine, they've got this uh, raffle table set up. They're trying to make some money for the cheerleading team to get uniforms. And, I feel like uh, they just got new uniforms. Like I feel like every time they wasn't have that to on do Cooper? something... That was there was an episode of that on Cooper for the basketball team, but I feel like I feel like these cheerleaders are always raising money for. No, I'm thinking about the um, that episode of where he was like the cheerleading coach for like a day. Oh, did they they get new uniforms there too? Uniforms there, yeah. Okay, everyone's always getting. Anyways, they're raffling off a bike. It looks like a pretty decent bike. Yeah, Um, sure. Watto comes over with some uh, advice for them that. Once they get their new uniforms, they should give their old uniforms to the homeless cheerleaders everywhere. He's a thoughtful guy. Yeah. Um, Some dude comes over and buys a book of nine tickets from Maxine. Waldo immediately threatens him for looking at Maxine. <laughs> uh, this sets up like a storyline here. He, he's, he's, ends up Waldo's a pretty, pretty jealous guy. Yeah. And uh, Maxine's, Getting a little upset of how jealous that he actually is. Yeah. So then we see Eddie and uh, Weasel come in, and they see this hot girl. She's in a short dress and tells them, you can get this dress, too, for 50 bucks. It's on sale at Spoo's. I didn't really understand this whole, like, her trying to sell Eddie and and, and Weasel yeah, on dresses. because there's no reveal at the end. Like, does she just work there, and this is how she sells stuff? That's what I was assuming but also like happened we're gonna go sell it to two dudes like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense like if you buy this dress any girl can look like this that's what i got. i don't know it just seemed like a very interesting sales tactic but yeah i mean maybe they're i don't know it was weird to me it was a little weird uh urkel comes over and tells laura I, I got to do something. I have the biggest problem. You'll never guess what my problem is. Myra's smothering me. My girlfriend is around me too much. <sighs> Haven't heard this before at all. So Laura uh, suggests, why don't you just tell her the truth? And Steve's like, all right, maybe I will. Well, first she says, just do what I do and ignore him or ignore her. Yeah, but we see how that's how that's worked with Steve. Yeah. Go back to the house. Carl is uh, taking a nap on the couch. Those troublemakers, Richie and Little G, come in. They've got some super soakers. It looks like a maybe a 200 and a 400. And they uh, just start spraying Carl while he's napping on the couch. Yeah, I'd be so mad. He gets, he does get real mad. And uh, they're like, we just want you to play with us, Uncle Carl. And then uh, he stands up. And what do you know? Once again, Carl Hurt is back. Ugh. I mean, he does have chronic back issues. We know we know that. His back is hurt, we think. But then we realize he's just faking it. This is his little ploy to get them off of him. And uh, it seems like it works. It does. Yeah, it does. They, they, respect the, they respect that. Yep. So they leave and leave him alone. Uh, we go back to the mall. We see Myra. Um, I, I had a feeling Myra wasn't going to be in this episode the way they were kind of setting it up. But... She's there. You never know with, with these with these folks. Um, she wants Steve to uh, make a commitment to her. She wants to go steady. And Steve tells her, you know what? I think we should see other people. 
Well, he doesn't say that. He says he's not ready. Too young. I don't want to do that yet. He I need, says, I it, think we should date other people. I thought he just said, well, I need space. She's wondering. I don't think, he's, I think, I don't think he said that they need other. They I, need to see other people. I think he does. She wonders, what is wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And he's like, this is where he's like, I just need some space. And she says, okay, Steve Urkel. Well, you have a wonderful life and uh, leaves crying. Yeah, pretty much breaks up with him. I don't understand any of that. This relationship just drives me insane. I just don't get it. I don't get any of it. I don't understand any of it. I don't get it. And then some old lady comes over and attacks. I thought it was the old lady from the train from the week before, but I confirmed it was not. But attacks uh, Steve yeah. for, okay. uh, I don't know, breaking up with Maxine. Yeah, that's why. Or not Maxine. What's her name? Is it Maxine? No. Myra. 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 All right. So from here... Some other guy comes over and starts buying raffle tickets from uh from Maxine and uh what he's like have? actively he's actively hitting on her. Yeah, I mean he asks her out. He's like, Oh, if I buy more tickets, can you, will you go out on a date with me? And right, then right. what do you know? From right behind, Waldo was hiding in the trash can, jumps out, <laughs> trash is flying everywhere, hops on that bike that they're raffling off, and chases this guy while riding the bike out of the mall. Oh god, Waldo. And then that hot girl comes back selling a new dress. New dress from Spoo's. Spoo's. What a weird name for a store. <laughs> the whole, there's so many weird things in this episode with zero payoff. This, like, I don't even have... Okay, we haven't talked about the other weird thing yet that has zero payoff, but we'll, we'll get there in a minute. So, yeah, she's like, yeah, you can get this dress at Spoo's too. And then Eddie and Weasel um, think that she might be into Eddie the way that she's talking to him. Well, that's what we, I think Weasel really is the one that thinks that Eddie and convinces Eddie that's the case. Eddie tries to shoot a shot. He goes over, talks to this girl. Um, and she's like, you know what? I only like guys that are my age and uh, college boys. And then walks away. <laughs> she, I don't think she says college boys. She says, like, I only like guys my age, which is fair. Um, he's like, well, what about high school guys? No, she says <laughs> college here. That's she, okay. Yeah, she's like, I like college guys. She's like, yeah, like you said, what about high school guys? And then uh, she walks away. And then Weasel tries one shot, and she runs away from him. Yeah, Weasel's, you know, a little bit of a different character. Uh, back at the Winslow house, Harriet's gotten home. Um, she got this job. It's just a temp job, but she's going to do, what, security for? Security for the Mr. Universe competition, which yeah. she's really excited about because she gets to she gets to pat down, pat down everybody. And Sounds like a great episode that we'll never see. <laughs> I would love to see this episode of her being, you know, we've done a lot of like Carl being kind of jealous, kind of like thinking that Carrie doesn't, you know, look at him and I don't know, but I feel like this would have made a good episode. I would have almost rather watched this episode than the episode that we're watching right now that we're talking about. Yeah. So Harriet's like, how did everyone's day go? And the kids are like, Oh, uncle Carl hurt his back. And, uh, Carl reveals, Aha! I didn't hurt my back. I tricked you guys. <laughs> I just didn't want to hang out with you. And then Harry gets mad. Calls him dishonest. And the kids are like, Well, haha, you, Uncle Carl, we actually tricked you. We knew that you uh, didn't hurt your back, and we wanted you to believe that we believed it, so we just wanted you to get in a good mood. Because we, because. Broke, we broke your bowling trophy. Oh, well, no. Uh, back of the mall, 
Waldo still on that bike, but we quickly see it's all busted up. He has destroyed this thing. The girls, of course, get mad at him. This is their prize raffle item. And uh, Maxine needs to take Waldo and talk to him one-on-one. She does, just so we know. He he got hit by a bus. That's why the bike Did get hit by a bus. He... He did. The bike got hit by a bus. I think he says he jumped off or something like that. No, I think he like got thrown off and you know hit the ground or whatever. But so Maxine takes Waldo over to the side and it's like, Waldo, the jealousy thing is too much. I think I need to break up with you. He begs for another chance. Tells her well, he's sweet. Go ahead. He's sweet about it. I thought. Ma- Max, I mean, you're my first girlfriend. I've never had a real girlfriend. No one ever likes me like you do. And I'm, I'm just so happy that you like me. And she's like, you just got to trust me, Waldo. I need the trust. And then I think they're back together now. Yeah, they're back together. Yeah. They're a good couple. They're a good couple. I mean, they're both, and they're both learning. They're a good couple. And then we see Steve sit next to Laura on a bench. Says that he feels awful. He didn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want to be apart from Myra. And uh, Laura says, you know what? Often I feel the same way. And then I think we get like a, you love me, don't you? Right? Hey, we One do. of those. Yeah, right you there. love me. You really love me, huh? Myra comes over, asks for some privacy, really just wants Laura out of there. And she begs for Steve to take her back. He tells her that he's sorry, that he upset her, and tells her that they can continue seeing each other occasionally. and she's like you know what this means Steve Urkel I'm gonna pursue you even harder than I ever did before doubling down it's on game on she runs off and uh I think Steve calls her wacko or something at this point and then I don't even know I don't even care I'm so over this relationship that's the end of the episode we get a credit scene which is a real good one by the way as a class I mean this is a this is probably like top five classic like of scenes period from from family matters and it's not even part of the episode really so it's not it's, a, it's like a it's like a like a retake yeah there's a little outtake here they reshow the the scene earlier from uh little g and richie coming in with the bet that uh carl looks just like the dad on fresh prince of bel-air seconds later the actual dad from fresh prince of bel-air walks in with a james s- avery stare down with Carl and Carl loses it. This was obviously a big surprise. Carl had no idea this right. was going to happen and uh, just laughs as we end the episode. Yeah. And that is the story, right? Is that, is that Reginald Vell, Reginald Vell Johnson had no idea oh, yeah. that, that James Avery was going to show no up. There's no way you can tell immediately. He had yeah. no clue. No idea. No idea. Um, also, James Avery I, is a giant dude. He's, like, he's like two feet taller than Carl. It seems <laughs> he's like. A, big dude but i guess i mean it seems like will smith has got to be a big dude so if you're casting will smith and you need like a yeah a parental figure you're gonna want somebody who's got you know got a few inches on will smith he's a big dude. um he is a big dude hey one other note about this episode yeah. somewhere in all the mix and all the the kids the people at the mall evidently gabriel union is one of the kind of like extra yeah. background characters i couldn't i couldn't find her myself but that is the that is the story is that she is in this episode she, somewhere. In the, is she in the about background. the same age as them or is she younger? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I would say she's about the same age as like Laura, probably. Yeah, 
maybe yeah. she was like sitting on one of the benches because there's a lot of scenes where like, yeah they're like there's a lot there's like it. a conversation going on with steve and myra and then they kind of yep. like show yep. people behind sitting on the benches that'd be my best guess i don't know where else that's my guess been. well i mean it's, it's somewhere i mean there were people milling around the whole time walking around sitting around like doing stuff so it's she any of those folks i mean i think my guess is because i tried to keep an eye on it um and but i didn't really have a good i didn't really real well i didn't know in the first very beginning of it. So it might've been that scene where everybody's kind of like running in chaos. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That, but I mean, it's gotta be one of those two places, right? Yeah. Somewhere in the mall is, is allegedly a young Gabrielle Gabriel union. That's pretty yes. cool. Uh, all right. So eight 30. Now we're going to step by step season three, episode 12, close encounters of the marital kind. we start off with Frank and Carol. They're in the kitchen and they decide to lady and tramp a cookie right there. The what? They lady in the tramp. Oh, lady and tramp a cookie. Yes, that is what they do. That is correct. They got like one of those long cookies, and they both bite one in. And yep, yep. Dana and JT come in and watch right in the middle of it, get real grossed out, and this is where we get our dish of the week. Man, the geezers are feeding each other again. Can't you guys knock before you come in a room? Can't you guys eat a cookie without getting turned on? <laughs> So then Karen comes in, and uh, we find out she got her driver's license. Good for Karen. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the ages of all these kids, because I didn't realize... So, I, I've told you before. I thought Karen was the oldest. Clearly, that's not the no, case. Dana, it's Dana. We knew Dana was the oldest. We, we've, I, so, you knew that. I have learned oh, You're saying that. the very beginning. You know now. Yes. Yeah. I know now. I know now. But I also thought she was older than JT. And now I'm realizing that she is not older than JT, that JT is older than her. So, it goes so Dana, the, JT, Karen. Yes. Yeah. So. So she comes in. She got her driver's license. Frank, of course, is worried. They've got another teenage driver on the road. Wanted to ding up his car. And Dana suggests, well, the three of us are going to put our money together and we're going to get our own car. And the parents laugh hysterically. Like, this is both a good idea and an <clears throat> awful idea. Imagine Why JT awful? Karen. I think good idea. Imagine JT, Karen, and Dana sharing a car. Uh, yeah, I see. And the fights that would ensue over who's using it for what. Well, this is the thing. They're already sharing a car. They're also sharing it with two other people right now. It's very true. I mean, again, I said it's a good idea and a bad idea, um, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways. I guess if, if it's just the three of their car, then the parents really don't have any control over who uses it. Like, it's something that they have to figure out on their own instead of yeah. if it's the parent's car, the parents can just say, no, I'm taking it. Yeah. Theme song, we come back, Frank's on the couch, JT is uh, trying to look through the classifieds because they're going to buy a car, and uh, they've got $411 saved up right now. Yeah, and and Frank's like, you're never going to find a car for that, and I'm like, I don't think that's unreasonable to find like a starter car back in the mid-90s. I sold, I mean, that was I sold a car for less than that. My first car my parents bought for me for $500, and it ran for like two or three years. That's all you need. Yep. Uh, he sees this 1978 Toyota, gets real excited, but as he continues to read, he finds out that it might be underwater and uh, probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. He's going to need a scuba gear to, to, to pull it up. Frank doesn't think he'll ever find one. Carol gets home, um, and she's got this like 10-minute-a-day better marriage book that she wants to do some exercises with Frank to improve their marriage. Yeah, like writing love letters and being, you know, public displays of affection. Yeah, like Frank that. is very much not into it, but he agrees when Carol offers naked in brec naked breakfast in bed every Sunday. 
if he helps or if he if he goes along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in. Uh, at the job site now, one of the other dudes, uh, Virgil, is that his name? Virgil. Virgil. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds one of these love letters that Carol wrote to Frank and uh, proceeds to read it out loud in front of the entire 40 people that apparently work at uh, Frank's office that we've never seen. It's like five. There's a lot of people in there. It's at least... it was like five, but we've also never. I mean, these are just constru- these are construction workers. They're just on site. Like we've never we don't see. I mean, we've seen maybe him on site with people like twice. Yeah. So Virgil starts reading this like lovey dovey letter, and as he's reading it, Cody comes in and thinks that Virgil's actually like announcing his love for Frank right there in the middle of the office. The Cody Cody does this is a great scene with Cody. Cody the way Cody plays this is is really good. Especially when the next part happens where when Carol shows up and makes it even worse. And she's like, Frank, I love you more than anyone in the world. And Carol's like, I don't know about that. You got you got some competition over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So back of the house. Uh, beep, beep. We got a car coming through the driveway. Um, JT drives in and they're brand new. I don't even. Not brand new. Not brand new. Brand new to brand them. New. Real old, broken, shaking, smoking beat up punch buggy they like stripped all the paint off this car before they brought it on set there's eight different colors of paneling going on and jt is real proud of it oh yeah oh yeah dana and karen hate it and jt's like well you won't hate it if you go for a ride let's go for a ride and they all get in and now it won't even start Cody comes out and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I can fix it," which makes sense to me. I mean, he fixes cars, maybe he can. Yeah, yeah, no, this. this totally this this seems like the natural progression of the story. Yep, and uh, he realizes this is going to be a lot to deal with too as it continues to smoke. Yeah, it's got problems. It's nighttime now. Frank and Carol are getting ready for bed. Frank did write Carol a love note that just says, "You smell good. I love you," and then. Uh, she gets out this book again for another exercise. This time the exercise, tell your partner a secret that they don't know about. No, I think it's like tell them a secret that you've been keeping from them. Because you think they would get mad if they found out. Right. Always a great idea. Always a great exercise. Well, you shouldn't keep secrets anyways. You should. You're correct. Frank think this, thinks this is a real bad idea. but He's right. He tells her that he lost 10 and then 30 and then actually used $50 in a poker game. And she tells him her secret, which is she's had this little secret savings account of her own. She's got $3,500 hiding somewhere in the house just in case the marriage didn't work out. She articulates that a little more clearly where it's like, you know, we only had been dating for a couple days before we got married and I just wasn't sure. And I had this money already aside. So I just kept it where it was and didn't, you know, didn't tell you about it. It's been what, two and a half years now? Two and a half years now. She's just telling him. She's obviously had it still this whole time. Yeah. He's shocked. He's upset. And uh, he's mad now because... She wasn't sure about the marriage, is what he says. And he's real mad. Like, like, like real, real mad. How could you not be sure? How could you be hiding this from me? What do you mean you don't think the marriage would work out? And uh, mm-hmm. we've got we've got some conflict going on. Yes. So next scene, it's in the backyard. Cody calls out for the older kids, and the car is all fixed. It is ready to go. 
Could be some problems, though, as he lists about 10 things that could still be wrong with it. But at least this thing is one right. of which is important is that if you if you hit the hit the horn, it could start a fire. Yeah, don't do that. Don't be don't. Horn. he could have just disconnected it, which is probably the smart thing to do. But uh, you can disconnect your horn. Yeah. You need that to like but that's like it, a but if it's going to catch on like fire. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't like need it enough for the car to catch on fire. You're not passing inspection without a horn. He hooks that thing right back up. He could probably inspect cars. He probably has that ability. You think he's got his license to do state inspections? There you go. Here's a little sticker for you. Keep going, JT. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Mark comes out too, and uh, Dana had asked him to get some insurance quotes for them, and he finds out. Well, they find out the quote, the best quote that he got: forty-six hundred dollars a year for the three of them. Makes sense. Uh, JT says that, uh, I'm just going to drive it without insurance. I don't care. And he hops in the car, drive, starts to drive it, panics a little bit, goes forward, crashes the car into the picnic table, slams his head down onto the steering wheel, beeps the horn, and then the car catches on fire. This was, uh, okay. Mark in this scene okay was the funniest thing i've seen oh, i gotta watch it again life mark <laughs> is it just his reaction of crashing into the picnic table yeah yeah because the fire starts and mark's like fire 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 stop drop and roll and he's in the background he's not even like in the front of the scene like the front of the scene is is jt data and care just like you know frustrated hands in their head mark is in the back of the scene the entire time on the ground rolling around it is so funny it was i was so i was dying it was so hilarious he's just literally just rolling around while they're do- while they're finishing the scene, it was so good. It was so good. So now it appears like they don't have a car once again. They don't have a car. Um, we then go to <laughs> Sad Carol, right? Who's upset about? Yeah, this whole... she's sitting at the table. She's she's like really trying to process everything. Cody yeah. comes home. She tells Cody what happened with her and Frank. I kind of rushed through this, I feel like. I didn't write a whole lot of notes. But uh, Frank gets home. Carol wants to talk. Cody. Well, he comes. He's like, I'm just here to take a shower, and then I'm going to go back to the office. He's been sleeping at the office, it seems like. Uh, I wrote Cody something with Frank. So Carol so Carol says she wants to talk. They, you know, She asked Cody if, if she can have some time with Frank, and Frank's like, no, Cody Cody can stay. I don't care if Cody, you know, it's fine if Cody's here. And so she she kind of tells the situation, you know, she she kind of goes over the situation. Cody's like, yeah, I mean, I agree with Frank. Frank's right. And it'd be like, and then he, and Cody's like, well, you know, it'd be like the same thing if Frank had kept his like little black book with all of his, all of his girlfriends. Ex-girlfriends, yeah, that's um, right. And Frank kind of gets this look on his face like. Uh-oh. He still has it. He has not that. gotten rid of it at all. And then uh, they both kind of realized that they did the same thing, that they kind of kind of had this backup plan just in case things didn't work out. The whole thing that Frank was mad about. Well, Frank does. I mean, and and, and like Frank specifically says, you know, I, I wasn't sure. And it kind of was a, re- a revelation for him. Like he didn't even realize that's what he was doing. And yeah. he him saying it out loud, like really kind of hits home for him that, he was scared too, and so they were both scared, and now they are love each other again. I love you. Let's kiss. End of episode. Yeah, right. 
Uh, we do get a credit scene here, which ties up the uh, car stuff going on. Cody is now selling all the parts to the car. And they actually made more money than they bought the car for. <laughs> they did. They did, which is surprising. $425 in parts. He hands over the money to JT. And uh, he also saved him the 8-track player with uh, Sonny and Cher as it hits play right. and it plays out through the end of the episode. I got you, baby. Go back right? and watch that scene with Mark. It's so I will. funny. Yeah, yeah. It is so funny. Uh, 9 o'clock, it's Boy Meets World, Season 1, Episode 11. The Father-Son Game is the name of the episode, and it starts off with uh, Morgan's eating some breakfast. Um, Amy comes down. Morgan just keeps saying, I woke up at 6 o'clock, and just she must have been just eating cereal this whole time. Cereal for hours, yeah. Because Corey comes down. He's excited. It's the weekend coming up. He loves the weekend, obviously. Eric comes down, also excited for the weekend. He's got a date coming up. Corey evidently this weather report thing he does he's like oh, I'm gonna you know there's a high chance of date blah blah, blah as a comes back later in in this whole show when he um like says that he wants to be a weatherman and oh. and it does that or something I don't know Corey starts nuts. to eat his cereal gets a little upset because all the like colored stuff and marshmallows are all gone and that's because Morgan's been eating them all since 6 a.m. smart smart girl she is on this giant sugar rush at this point, bouncing off the walls. Uh, I think Amy takes her upstairs to try to calm her down a little bit, and then Alan comes down, and uh, he starts breaking in his softball game because the father-son softball game is tomorrow. Yeah, his glove. He's breaking in his glove. He basically had his glove in the oven overnight to soften it up, I guess, or whatever you do to a glove in the oven. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, so Corey and Eric, not really excited about this game. They have their own weekend plans, and uh, they didn't involve playing softball. Right, right. And we also find out that uh, the game this week is the it's like their store, uh, Allen's store against the hippie bookstore down the street, which is owned by Topanga's uh, dad, I guess. And uh, Alan is really excited. This is like his weekend. He's really excited to do something with his kids, it seems like. Yep. Theme song, we come back. We're now in Feeney's class. Uh, Topanga is refusing to stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance. And then uh, Corey gets excited because he thinks that uh, Topanga is going to get in trouble for not standing up. And then Feeney tells Corey, it's debate time, kids. Topanga, you take the side of protesting the flag and Corey, you take the side of the pledge of allegiance start debating right now oh and by the way i set you up Corey. i told topanga not to do this so that you would you would get on her and we we could i could do this whole debate thing yeah so yeah they do their little debates uh the bell rings and pretty much everyone runs out of there because it's the weekend yep all right so next scene after this we've got uh Corey and sean they're, uh, are they in the cafeteria here? They're in the cafeteria sitting yeah. at the table just talking about how important the weekend is, how these kids need it, how they got to de- decompress, have fun, be outside. Minkus comes over and says something. But he's like, hey, I forgot something in the cafeteria line. Let me just leave my tray right here real quick. I'll be right back. So burger sitting in front of Sean. Sean's like, I must sabotage this burger. And he takes off the top bun, dumps an entire... That's container not, of salt container of salt like probably three tablespoons of salt on the top of this burger 
I mean, it's literally the whole thing of one of those little glass salt shakers. Yeah. And then, uh, and something like mayonnaise or something. Or I thought it was vanilla other... pudding was my guess. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It was some kind of dessert. You're, you're like right. spooning pudding on the top yep. of it, closes the bun right before Minkus gets back. Right. Um, Minkus comes back and, uh, uses some reverse psychology to make them think that he switched the burgers. Then uh, Sean actually switches the burgers, which means that he now has the burger that he made for Minkus. Minkus leaves. Sean eats burger. It's real gross. Very Princess Bride. Um, After this, we're back at home. We're in the backyard. Alan is uh, practicing some softball. Corey and Eric tell their mom that they really don't want to play this game. They ask for her help. And she's like, no, you guys need to talk to your dad. This is your own thing. And uh, if you don't want to play, go tell him. So, and then uh, she leaves and goes to the bank with Morgan. Yeah, they go to the bank. Uh, Corey and Eric go upstairs to make a plan of how they're going to tell their dad. Eric tells Corey that, uh, well, it is a father-son game. Not a father's son's game. And then, like, Corey's all celebrating. He's like, and then Eric says, you have to play, not me. And yeah, you go. This is smart. I like Eric's strategy here. Um, then they just start blackmailing each other. Like, well, I'm just going to tell Dad that you did this bad thing. And I'm going to tell Dad that you did this bad thing. And eventually they agree um, that uh, we're just going to both go down. We're going to both give our excuses. And whoever gives the best excuse wins. Fair enough. So they run downstairs, they tell their dad their excuses, but he tells them, don't worry about it, because the game got canceled. They just couldn't generate enough interest, and they don't have enough people to make it happen. Easy enough. Yeah, so Eric and Corey think, good to go. Yep. It's Monday now, Uh, the weekend is over, back at school. Sean and Corey are talking about their uh, their weekends. Topanga comes over, says, Corey, we really missed you at the game this weekend. And he's like, what? Where my dad killed your dad's team. Crushed him. I, th- I thought the game got canceled. And she's like, no, it happened. We beat you guys. And Corey feels real bad. He realizes what happened. Yeah, so back at home, he's got... It's a it's a meeting between him and Eric and Amy trying to figure this out. Yeah, and the the boys obviously feel bad, and she tells them, you got to go make things right with your dad. This is your thing. Once again, she kind of gives them the same thing. I'm not getting in the middle of this. Go talk to your dad. And they feel bad. They don't know exactly what to do. Uh, we go a little later, and uh, Lenny from the store shows up. He brought a bunch of supplies, which looks like it's like for burgers to like have little cookouts. And uh, this is how they're going to try to make it up to their dad. Have a little cookout. Boys cookout in the backyard. All guy party. Lenny's invited. Lenny's invited now too. So that's where we're at a little later. They're making burgers in the backyard. They're on the grill. Lenny's there. Corey and Eric go inside to talk. Corey uh, doesn't think that their dad's actually having a good time. He doesn't look that excited and happy like, like he did when he was getting ready for the softball game. And they're just like, I wish we would have just gone to the game. It would have been so much easier. Well, right. So much easier and and the right thing to do. Yeah. So we go back to this. Don't really tie that up yet. We go back to school first. Uh, Corey says to Feeney, I want to take another shot and defend the Pledge of Allegiance once again. I learned a lot and now I can do it. 
And what he says, uh, if there's something that you care about, you should show allegiance to that thing. That's his, that's his reasoning. And then I think Feeney says sure. something about like, oh, so respect's a good thing, right? Like respect the flag, respect your parents, respect your teacher. And then the bell rings and Corey doesn't say anything, but then he kind of walks back into the class and he's like, yeah, and respect your teacher. And makes Feeney a little happy, I think. Eric's or Corey's coming around. Corey is coming around. We go back to the house. Corey and Eric talking to their dad. We find out that uh, the store lost eighteen to three for that game against uh, Topanga's dad store. And uh, Eric and Corey are like, "Why don't we uh, challenge them to a rematch next weekend?" Well, they also there's also another piece here that I that I appreciate where they yeah. said that you know they didn't break tradition. It wasn't their fault because they didn't go. It was it was Alan's fault for not making them go. Part of the tradition is the kids don't want to do it, and the parents make them do it because that's the way it goes. Kind of um, like saying the pledge of allegiance. Kind of like saying the pledge of allegiance. Uh, but yeah, they all agree. Let's have a rematch next weekend. And that's the end of the episode. Then we get a credit scene with uh, the Matthews boys coming back in the house. They're all celebrating their win. They beat the bookstore this time. But uh, Corey reveals that uh, Topanga's dad wants to do a rematch once again. Make it a best two out of three game. And it doesn't seem like Alan's really thrilled about that, though. Like, he just wanted to Well, he's injured. Game. Like, there's this whole kind of running joke throughout the whole episode where Lenny, the right? kid. Uh, Lenny. Lenny got injured the first game, right? Well, that that the the the, uh, the the dads get injured, and uh, like there's always somebody getting hurt at these games. So it ends up that Alan gets hurt, and he's just he's like sore and in pain yeah. after this game, and he just doesn't. He's like, I don't want to do another one. Uh, then it's uh, where are we at now? Nine thirty already. Hanging with Mister Cooper, season two, episode twelve. Private school is the name of this episode. Starts off. We got Coop. We got Nikki. They're flipping some pancakes. Well, he's flipping the pancakes. She's on the other side of the kitchen catching them. She catches about one out of every ten, it seems like. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then uh, Vanessa and Geneva come in. Geneva tells Nicole that uh, she's going to have a babysitter this weekend. Vanessa's like, oh, I can do it. And uh, she's like, pay me ten bucks. And she's like, I'll give you five bucks. And you can also, like, uh, I'll pay your expenses, whatever you end up doing with uh, Nicole. Just yeah, give right. me a little invoice and I'll pay you back for that. She's like, fine, I'll do it. And then... Uh, they all start eating these floor pancakes, and Coop's like, oh, man, this this one tastes like Mop and Glow. Theme song, come back. We got Coop. We got Geneva. They're uh, getting to school, and uh, Vice Principal tells Coop that the principal wants to talk to him, and we find out that, uh, I guess, someone from the private school or someone from the school board said that they need to send a teacher over to the private school to teach black history for a week. And Coop, you've been chosen. Yeah, evidently there are no black people at all um, that can teach black history at this private school. Yeah, so Coop doesn't seem like that excited about it, but PJ almost seems like less excited that they have to send someone over to me. Yeah, well, they were supposed to be somebody else that was going to go, right? And that person was got sick or was in an accident, like couldn't go for whatever reason. So now they're sending Mark. I, I don't know. It was kind of a, a forced... Like here's the, we're here's the story we are creating for this episode. Yeah, so we go to this private school, super white, not a black kid in sight anywhere. Coop gets there, and it seems like there's a little bit of a culture shock on both sides. Like Coop being surprised that these kids don't know anything about black culture, 
and these kids not well, knowing Coop, anything about black culture. Well, right, well, I mean, Coop walks in, doesn't even look at the class, writes his name on the board, has his writing his name like, on the board. All right, everyone, like, sit Turn down. Turn on the music, sit down, blah, blah, let's do what I'm telling you to do. And he turns around, and they're like, all perfectly set down, like being respectful, polite to, to you know, waiting for him to start. And so, he, like you said, there's just this disconnect of what he's used to versus this reality. Yeah, and it's, I mean, this whole thing, it's a little uncomfortable, I feel like, this whole scene, especially, like, when the headmaster comes in and, like, introduces himself. I think it's supposed to be. It is supposed supposed to be. Yeah. Are are we just going to gloss over, though, what Mark says when he, like, starts to talk to them about actual, like, black history? Uh, What does he say? Because it's really, it's really pertinent. He says, there's more to black history than just the Fresh Prince and Urkel. Oh. Um, So, first of all, we got our Urkel reference. Second of all, we've got a Fresh Prince reference on the same week that we had the Fresh Prince reference on yeah. Family Matters. And then he says, and who knows what that Urkel's doing right now. It's probably crashing, crashing through, through a window, window, <laughs> window somewhere, which is all Urkel's been doing all season. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great. This is this is, this is is self-referential. This is meta right here, and I love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Headmaster comes in, introduces himself to Kuhn. Although I will say also, technically, Urkel does exist in... Cooper the universe. hanging with Mr. Cooper universe. So again, Urkel the show, Urkel the person. Like, who are we talking about here? Did we have Urkel on an episode? So no, but we had Michelle Tanner and Denise from Full House, and we know that Urkel has been on Full House, okay. so therefore, okay. it's all connected. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, anything else you want to say about this scene? I think like the the headmaster comes in. He's like more interested in like going to play tennis, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole gimmick. Like this school is just really white. Doesn't have any experience with anything, any any kind of culture whatsoever outside of their like you know country club tennis playing. Like they don't even understand the slang, or, or they it's it's almost difficult for Mark to even communicate with the kids. Yeah. So go back home. Uh, Geneva's there thanking uh, Vanessa for watching Nicole, but then she breaks out her invoice and uh, she spent over $50 at the zoo. Tickets, souvenirs, sorbet, all kinds of stuff. And Geneva's not really happy. She didn't think this was part of the deal that she could go just spend as much as she wanted at the zoo. I mean, zoos can be expensive, especially if you're eating there. Yeah. Um, So that's that kind of thing that's going on. Geneva's mad that Vanessa's spending too much money. Right. Yeah. At class, uh, this is back at the. Well, there's also a little couple. There's a couple other little things here. Mark comes in. He he tells them these kids are just so oblivious; they don't have any idea what's going on. Um, And then, and then Nicole comes in and tells Geneva how excited she is because Vanessa's going to take her to the ballet tomorrow, and that they have orchestra seats. And Geneva's like, "Orchestra seats? I know that's expensive." Yeah. So back now back at school. Yeah, back at the private school. Coop is. Struggling a little bit, it seems like, to teach the kids class. Like, they're not grasping on to all this stuff right away. And he tries to, uh, to like, tell some jokes, but everyone's still pretty serious about it. And they start to kind of turn here where they're really getting engaged and enjoying the lessons that Coop's giving. Well, what he and what he does, he kind of just goes through this list of like, you know, your life would be really different if it wasn't for people, you know, all these black inventors. This that guy made the things. traffic light, and you would have right. been crashing your car if he didn't do that. Right. And- so he goes through like a list of these like, you know, famous black inventors and the inventions that are, you know, everyday. Did everyday. black guy really invite the li- invent the light bulb? I always thought that was Thomas Edison. Well, I don't know. No. Coop, <laughs> I, I don't know. Coop says they. Uh, I mean, I. I, you know, I always thought it was Nikola Tesla and then Edison stole it. <laughs> we don't, we don't know anything. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, who's this guy? Bell rings. 
Headmaster comes in and uh, thanks Coop for everything he's done, teaching these kids, giving them this black history lesson. And then, surprise, offers Coop a full-time job at the private school. And Coop's like, ah, I can't take that. He like writes down a number for him. He's like, oh, I make more more than that at my own school. And he's like, that's a month. And he's like, oh man, this is serious. (laughs) Right, yeah. But even after looking at the money, Coop declines and says... I already have my school. My, my kids believe in me. They they need me over there. I can't do it. Then he looks at the paper one more time and he's like, "All right, let me give you let me give it some serious thought." So he's not made his decision yet. Quick search according to CNN, the light bulb. They say the light bulb was invented by Edison. I still think it was Tesla, but whatever. But what they do say is that Louis Latimer, a mm-hmm. black man. Um, improve drastically improved the filament inside of the oh. inside of a light bulb and patented a process for making it more commercially available, like easier to produce, so oh. that it could become more cur- commercially available. Very important. Available. Yes, absolutely. All right, Coop's back at the school now, um, at his school, not at the private school, and uh, tells Geneva about the offer that he got to go teach at the private school, and then uh, the vice principal comes in, whatever his name is, I don't even know his name. Dad. Thaddeus White. Thaddeus White comes in and tells Coop, No mention of him having a you know crazy fling with Vanessa in the last episode, but whatever. Uh you find out that uh Coop is also now a hall monitor. He, he's getting in trouble because he started a fire in like the science lab or something like that. And now he's gotta be a hall monitor and they're gonna dock his pay for the fire. Yeah, basically piling on while he's already trying to decide not to, you know, whether he should take this other job or not. I don't know if you mentioned too. I was I was googling that whole thing, but um, not only is it like significantly better pay, but it's also full benefits and like yeah, yeah. Uh, grad school. Like they're gonna pay for him to go to grad school. And he says at some point too, the like headmaster was like, "Oh, are they are these kids too rough for you? This was the uh, <laughs> the bad class. the bad class or something." Yeah, right. and they haven't been at all. Like they've been perfect. Like they're they're yeah. like perfect kids. All right, so. This whole Mark docking pay, yeah, this docking yeah. pay and hall monitor thing kind of sets Coop off. Writes a note. We obviously know it's him taking the job. Slides it or slides it over in PJ's desk under the door or something like that. Right. So, Coop's going to private school. Back at home, uh, Geneva has pulled a uh, Family Matters. Right? Is that where this pulled came a fam- from? pulled a Harriet? Yeah, pulled a Harriet Winslow. If you're gonna charge, if you're gonna charge me for this zoo trip, I'm gonna charge you for dinner. And has itemized every item of the dinner bill, just like Harriet. They did that did, joke I, twice. They, I would say that, in context of of just hanging with Mr. Cooper, these are two different situations. Like you told this woman that she could take your, you know, babysit your child. Oh yeah, no, I agree. But this is not right for Geneva to do this. This Vanessa no. did what she was told to do. Right, exactly. So they argue a little bit. Uh, Coop gets home and tells the women that uh, he's taking the job offer, right? He is. He has decided he's taking the job, and now everybody is just like money signs. Like, what are we going to do? How Let's are we get a new bathroom. Let's renovate this. the kitchen. Yeah. They're all excited. The doorbell rings. It's Andre and Irvin, and uh, they were going into PJ's office to change their grades, and they happen to see Coop's letter and are a little upset that Coop is leaving them. And for whatever reason, the producers of the show have decided to make Andre an idiot uh, in this episode, which was weird to me that they're, he's like a bumbling fool when that's totally not the way he's been for the last season and a half. Yeah, Irvin comments like, 
yeah, go take the job. But, like, Andre seems to be the really one that's, like, speaking up. Like, doesn't want Coop to go. Well, and I would say Irvin's very, like, very supportive in the sense that he's like, yeah. man, we like you. You're our friend. And this is a great opportunity. Go make that like, money. We support you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then this is where we find out, like, they're going to go back and put the letter back or something. But then he's like, oh, I forgot to save the grades or something like that. Yeah, uh, they've been. Yeah. Cause, and so Mark's like, these kids just need help. Yeah. And then he changes his mind. He tells the women. All right, that's it. Kids need me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking the job at the private school. Right. right. So next scene is Coop back at uh, his school trying to put back the letter. Was that what he was trying to do? He's trying to get the letter. The they, letter's still in PJ's office. Okay, they didn't bring the so letter he, home. No, so he's trying to get in there and get the letter um, before PJ sees it. And as he's like underneath of her door with his fingers, like she comes in, like, "What are you doing?" And then he, she opens the door. He grabs the letter, rips it up, and he's like, "She's like, that was your paycheck." <laughs> no, 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 no. You're getting two things confused no? here. So she has a letter in her hand when she shows up. He, but he takes doesn't that know. Out of her he hand. doesn't. No, no, no. He doesn't know that. No, no, no. He, whoa, 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 whoa. There's like she there's has three pieces of paper here. I think. Yes. Hold on. Let me finish. She has a letter in her hand when she shows up. Yep. He immediately takes it out of her hand, rips it up, and she's like, "That was your paycheck. What are you doing?" Then she opens the office, her, the door to her office. He dives on the ground on the on the letter that he presumably put under the door, and takes that and rips that up. And she's like, "What is that? What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, it's a love letter." And then he like proceeds to like tell her that he's madly in love with her and like blah blah blah. And then reveal. So he leaves the office. Irvin and Andre are out there making fun of the whole thing that just happened. PJ comes out being like all sexy and like trying to seduce him. But then she tells him that she knew the whole time she had already had the letter. That's the third letter is that she she had the the real like resignation letter like in her purse already. So that the three was the paycheck, whatever the letter on the ground was that Mark says was a love letter, but we don't even know what that really was. And then the letter he actually wrote. Yeah. So she knew the whole time she knew about this letter and then uh, tells him, Thanks for changing your mind. And yeah. I did like sexy PJ though. It was funny. It was funny. It was so yeah, Coop staying at the school, not going to the private school. That's it. Credits. Uh, Vanessa and Geneva are going on a double date because they were going to get that bathroom fixed and they had like a plumber friend. The plumber friend had like a faucet friend. Faucet friend. So they're going on a double date with the two of them. And uh, Coop are... Coop got a letter. Vanessa had already opened it, I think, and Coop starts to read it. And it's a letter from one of those, like, main kids at the class in the private school. Pretty much just, like, thanking him for teaching him all this stuff about black history, really opening up his mind and uh, inviting him in to learn more about it. Yeah, nice letter. Yep. And uh, they said that, Coop, we're proud of you for really making a difference. And then they go out on a date. And and now you're babysitting Nicole. (laughs) They basically run out the door being like, all right, take care of Nicole. See you later. Yep. So that's it. That's our four episodes this week. Um, This is the part of the show where we rank the episodes, let you know what our favorites were this week. We'd love to know if you agree, if you disagree. But we'll go from four to one, our favorite episodes of the week. Um, If you're ready, you can go. I'm kind of fine. I'm ready. So I'm going to put Family Matters at four. I'm sick of Myra Myra and... Urkel, I'm over it. Figure it out. Get it straight. 
Um, number three, I'm a boy meets world. Just it was kind of just a, a pretty standard episode. Didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, two, I'm going with hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um, and one, almost almost entirely because of Mark. I'm going with with step by step. That that scene beats all everything this week. Yeah, even and I the, mean, if even, I go even the Fresh Prince scene, the Mark that scene with Mark was was comic gold. If I go back and rewatch step by step, my rankings might change, but I've got it at Family Matters. I agree, number four this week. I have step by step at number three, Coop at one, and I put Boy Meets World at uh, I mean, sorry, Coop at two, and I put Boy Meets World at one. Um, okay. I, yeah, I liked everything that was going on with the uh, messages and like uh, the father son's relationship that's going sure. on. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, what do we got next week? We don't know. We right? don't know. We have no idea. Uh, we'll figure it out between now and next Friday. We got some things that we're working on, some things that may or may not happen. So uh, it might be a surprise or uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIF cast. If there's something big going on, we will let you know right there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, I think. Go ahead. Thank you once again to Kylie for the theme song this week. Thank you, Kylie. TGIF cast at gmail.com. If you want to send in your own version and uh, surprise, surprise, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, and you know, hey, I don't think we've mentioned one thing GalaxyCon related. We, you know, we're, we do a lot with GalaxyCon, so I feel like it's always good to mention when they when something pops up. They um they announced the Lawrence Brothers for oh. uh, the GalaxyCon coming up. Three of them, or March. how many? Yeah, all like I think just is there more than three? No, no, no. Sometimes you just get like two of them, but like we're getting all three. I think we're, we're getting all three. So Matthew, Joey, and Andy, and nice. You know, obvi- obviously, Boy Meets World, and then there was that one show that all three of them were on together um, for a minute. They're like literally one episode. Um, Something else too, or just one of them we had on like a few episodes. What? We had another show where one of them was on for like three episodes. I can't remember what it was though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. All I remember, you know, obviously Boy Meets World is the big one. Um, and then what, God, what was that other one? I think it was the the High Life one where the, the lady was the model. And that was the, all three uh, of them on that one. I think I think that was all three of them. I'm kind of I'm trying to. Yeah, there was one that we were trying to reach out to one of the brothers for a while, and uh, uh, I don't remember. So I got Matthew up right now. Let's see what. Let's see what, how far we get with Matthew Lawrence. Yeah, because it's not Joey uh, for sure. Even... It's Matt. Matthew's the right one. Okay, so see, it's not even on here. I think that that high life was like a show that was so. Like, so, like, off. The, like, it's not even on IMDb. But you think it was all three of them on High Life, not I, not I just Matthew? Like, I feel like it was. I feel like it was. I'm never going to find it right now. I can't remember what year it was, like, 92, 91. Uh, this, is, this is great. Great podcasting right here. Great um, podcasting. I, I don't know. I can't remember right now, but... I don't. I don't see anything else besides Boy Meets World and Matthew Lawrence's. But anyways, they're coming to the the, the three of them are coming to. That's cool. I'm excited. We'll figure yeah, out what show they were on and talk to them about it. Yeah, we'll be like, "Hey, remember High Life?" And they're like, "No, no, no we don't. We don't remember that at Wait, all." Wait, you're that person that keeps messaging us about High Life on Instagram. <laughs> That's you. Okay. Uh, that Security. 19... Security. <laughs> and we'll ask him to sing the the theme song. Can you sing the theme song for High Life for us? So, anyways. I don't even remember the theme song for High Life. I don't either. Huh. I don't either. Are there words? All right. Probably not. Unless it was done by uh, Jesse Frederick. 
You got anything else? I'm gonna find that. I'm gonna find that show. No, I don't have anything else. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. T G I F. T B A podcast.